You're listening to the San Antonio Public Library's podcast, Tuned In. The podcast is made possible by the generosity of the San Antonio Public Library Foundation. Our sound engineer is Dan Garcia. Show notes for this and other episodes can be found at guides.mysapl.org forward slash SAPL Tuned In. Welcome to the show. I am Tim, and today with me are Diana and JD. Good afternoon, guys. Hello. Today we're recording part two of the Meet the Podcasters episode. And the way we've set this up is as if we were playing a game of Desert Island. So just a a side note, listening to Dan's uh, recording the other day, he said that they didn't understand how on the Desert Island you would be able to play a CD or a movie. But I am picturing like the castaway version of things where it's the FedEx plane that has crashed off the coast of the desert island. And you are also MacGyver. And so you were able to (laughs) repurpose a treadmill and a TV to form electricity and power a boombox and television to watch a movie. Yes. Yes. So popcorn at the same time. Yes. Popcorn, very important on the desert island. More important than water, I think. Um, so, so who wants to go first? Who has their book, record, and movie lined up? Deafening silence. I think that, <laughs> I think JD should go first. Yes. Okay, I was just writing the order down. Um, okay, so for book, and I'll, I'll try and keep it short, but tell you my like process of how I got to these um, books or whatever or whatever item. I, at first, I was thinking Atlas Shrugged because it's so big. I'm not going to get bored of it anytime soon. But then I'm thinking, like, on a desert island, I'll probably need, like, something to kind of guide me. So I was thinking um, maybe, like, modern-day Stoicism books. But then I decided on my book, and it's Marie Forleo, Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. Because um, even though she doesn't particularly say she's Stoic or, or mention the Stoics, everything about her is very positive and it's very Stoic. She has a very um, can-do attitude, but very, very matter-of-fact in a positive way. And I could totally use that if I'm stranded on a desert island, I'm thinking. And, that sounds like a good choice. And so the next was a record, right? Yes. Um, and that, too, at first I was thinking it was just like a one song, so that was really tough. And But it was going between Hotel California and Lukenbach, Texas, because um, and I was leaning towards Lukenbach because it's such a chill song. I could totally use that on the desert island. But after listening to our cohorts doing their podcasts and figuring out it could be like a you know a CD, it was between Zeppelin II and I finally decided it would be Beethoven's Greatest Hits because there's so much dynamics and there's like just so much that I would I would never get bored of, of something like that if it included some symphonies, some sonatas, what have you. And, and go ahead, Diane. I'm sorry. And and so too to when you were thinking about these, did you go ahead and listen, re-listen to these to help you decide? Well, not to help you, but did you know? Did you re-listen to these, or did it just pop into your head as like feel-good kind of music to to have and hold while you're on that island? Uh, that's kind of funny that you mentioned that. The um, this stuff is kind of archetypal in my life, like things I, I've just turned to through well. Not Marie Forleo, I didn't know her when I was a kid, she wasn't born. But like Zeppelin and Beethoven, and you know, I've just had them for a long time. And that takes us to the movie, which is uh, the first Avengers. Because, and there's kind of a theme here. It's like, you know, being able to like uh, withstand and survive in that situation. Of course, the Avengers, you know, they, they, they're insurmountable. 
and especially that first um and by the way i'm a big iron man fan but i like the the fact of him being with others because if i am on a desert island i'm gonna want that sense of camaraderie and as far as like the arc of the avengers and iron man himself that that's more on the somewhat light side of things so i could and i, I already watched those movies over and over so i guess i would just kind of keep on with my normal schema nice Nice. I like I like the Avengers as as a choice there. Interestingly, like you you said you were going with Led Zeppelin too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking along those same lines too, but I was like, you know, Edward already took Star Wars and he took the Beatles, so that means automatically we we have to pick different things. <laughs> no, not, ne- not necessarily. So. Well, Zeppelin was not on my list, but that's only because. I didn't remember, I didn't think about them, or they would have been, because they're in line with all the rest of my list. They, they are a good selection, and I was I was heavily leaning that way, too, because, you know, if you want, sometimes I want something soft, sometimes I want something heavy, and Zeppelin can kind of cover both of those for, for exactly, me. Exactly, exactly. Like, like Beethoven, it, there's the dynamics, there's the really chill stuff, and there's, like, Boom! You know, thunder from a blue sky stuff. Right. And, but, but Zeppelin is not my choice. But go ahead, go ahead, Diane. But, Sorry. But no classical music made my list. I was really surprised because I, I heard classical classical music growing up, uh, but I didn't I I didn't identify with it. I identify it with it now because I'm a little bit tired of rock and roll all the time now on the radio, and I want to just listen to some something that doesn't say anything to me. Just <laughs> John Cage's moment of silence or whatever. <laughs> yes, on my list I had um <clears throat> Pink Floyd, Adam Hart Mother, and I liked Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast. I I also had the Marshall Tucker band, the Almond Brothers, Dreams. I- that particular one with the beautiful sax i think that's a saxophone and and i did go dig it up and re-listen to it and said yeah that's the one uh joe walsh the smoker you drink the player you get there is he's he's got songs i remember going um with some uh with my dad and we we just we played that music we played that album over and over and over i think we played it like for like 12 hours in a row until my dad finally said can we listen to something else um and genesis was on my list phil collins neil young uh jethro tall and have you ever heard of skip hop and wobble i have not i haven't uh, either jerry douglas uh it's all it's all instrumental but they have a song on there that let me identify with sadness in a way that no music has ever done for me and it was beautiful it's just gorgeous um so i i loved it for that what's what's the um, name of that song it's skip hop and oh. wobble and then I liked, Shirley, you, you know, uh, Keith Jarrett and the Cone concert. He performed on that piano and he, he, it, it was ter- terrible rainstorm and they thought nobody would show up. And it was something about 1130 at night. Um, and this 17 year old girl had done all of the arranging. And he, Keith Jarrett is, is a, that famous uh, jazz improvisation. Im- I can't say that he improvises on the piano. So there's no real like tempo. There's no, um, but anyway, the cone concert, when you listen to it, it's a beautiful from the start. And when he gets into it, you can hear him go kind of groan. And all my life, I thought that he was going, yes, this is going so well. When I read about it, he's actually working so hard that he's just like groaning that 
this is so difficult that, oh my gosh, I, I really, I really appreciated the music more for that. But which one? Then I had to choose uh, which one. And then it, it occurred to me um, that a significant piece of music growing up would be the teddy bear's picnic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The teddy bear's picnic because they all have their, it, it's one of those like Winnie the Pooh kind of things. They all walk with their uh, rain boots on in the and and splash in the puddles and I don't know they have a fantastic time so I would I would maybe I would probably go with Joe Walsh the smoker you drink the player you get because of that memory that I have of 12 hours uh, listening to it over or the Cone concert uh, it's beautiful anyway those were my that's my selection I, I still go back and listen to them so all of those okay. so so Joe Walsh the smoker you drink and the what the player you get the player you get okay the smoker you drink and the player you get from joe walsh okay so what about book oh i had a fantastic time with this and i decided that i would like to have another one of these um desert what book would you like on the desert island because i noticed that mine was a selection of fiction and non-fiction and so i would like like to do what would be your favorite fiction and then what would be your favorite non-fiction so my selection was sorrow beyond dreams and it's a book from 1972 written by peter handkit and i didn't know this until yesterday uh the book sorrow beyond dreams is uh one of new york review of books classic uh and it's an elegy uh about peter handke's uh life his mother's life in it's so it's semi autobiographical but it was it, it was brought to my attention you know as i was reading uh some books by an author and they suggested that book so and i it's it's just really terrific well, it's on the New York Review of Books, one of the classics. The other one, Josephine Has Her Day by James Thurber. He's a humorist. He lived from uh, 1894 to 1961. And it's his first, Josephine Has Her Day is uh, Thurber's first published short story. And it's a fantastic story about a couple who get a dog and they don't really take to the dog. And so they give it to the neighbors and they find out that the neighbors have given that dog to somebody else. So they go and try to find the dog and they find out that the dog is being mishandled. And it's a wonderful story of this gentleman's defense for his dog and he gets his dog back. It's terrific. And it sells on Amazon for anywhere between eight and nine hundred dollars. That's probably a typo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, the other one, Old <clears throat> Old Wives' Tale by Arnold Bennett. He lived from 1867 to 1931. He's British. And he, after I, re I read the story, I found out that he saw an, an old lady in a cafe. And he was, this, I'm quoting from Amazon, he was inspired to think of how her life might have been lived and how she must have once been young. And I loved it because the two sisters somewhat grow up not really knowing each other. And that's my situation. So I wanted to read it and find out what I would have in common with the with either of the two sisters. Um, and I like the story. And I think I didn't really have much. I didn't identify much, but it was still a terrific story. And what else? Or I'll Dress You in Mourning, uh, the story of El, Cord El Cordobes and the New Spain he stands for. El Cordobes is the famous bullfighter, the matador. And what I remember most about it is 
that at the end, I was studying Spanish and I was getting ready to go to Spain at that when I read it. And for me, what he says, what El Cordobé says is that, you know, bull, bullfighting really should be stopped. It's cruel to, to the bull. And I really like that he stood up for the bulls for that because he made his living doing that. Um, and when of course, I was, of course, yeah. this was after he retired, right? That he wrote that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Um, after he trademarked the phrase cruel to the bull. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a couple more. Um, Becoming Superman, that's a new book out by J. Michael Straczynski, the famous, uh, the well-known science fiction writer. My, his journey from poverty to Hollywood. Uh, it was just published in 2019. But he's responsible for that movie, for writing uh, the movie The Changeling, based on the book Road Out of Hell, which appeared on my desk, uh, Sanford Clark and the True Story of the Wineville Murders. Let's see. It's a mystery. It's a, it's a murder. It's a true crime book which I would never read except that it landed on my desk and it was just incredibly compelling. And Sanford Clark actually, uh, after he was um, rescued from that situation, became a decorated World War II vet, um, a devoted husband and a productive citizen. Uh, it's just it's just really terrific. The other, okay, and then I have Anthony Trollope, a street cat named Bob Balzac and John Bowlby. He wrote uh, three volumes. He was a British uh, psychologist. He wrote uh, Attachment, Separation, and Loss, and he came up with the attachment theory. Those are three classic papers that I really like. But if I had to define one, I think I could read any book by Anthony Trollope and like it. He just writes lighthearted enough there's nothing so deep thinking about it, and things end well in his stories. Well, he does write a few tragic things, but, but most of the time they end well. Okay, so we got Joe Walsh, Anthony Trollope. There's only one movie for me. Only one movie. Okay, what is it? Because I saw it 12 times, Life is Beautiful. Came out a couple years ago. I, I have not seen Life is Beautiful. JD? Uh, me neither. I've heard of it, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. It's Italian, right? Uh, yes, yes, with English subtitles, but it, it's uh, it's um, a World War II movie, The Holocaust, and it's fiction, of course, but it, it, it took Hollywood by storm. So it was just, it's just great. It's just a good movie. And it was the first time that I identified with a character in the movie. I identified with the little boy there. I think I breathed right along with them throughout the whole thing. And I watched it over and over again until I memorized most of the lines. I just enjoyed it so much. Nice. Life is beautiful. All right, TJ. Okay. Y'all ready for this? Yes. So for book, I really thought a lot about this. And I'm, I am an anthology type guy. And so my selection is going to be The Ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I should have guessed. The Omnibus Edition and hollowed out and inside it. No, just (laughs) I have to give credit because that was from the office when they played this game. Dwight Dwight selected the biggest book he could think of, the PDR, and had it hollowed out with all kinds of survival tools in it. But no, seriously, like Douglas Adams, every every so often I try to read the entire thing and I get through maybe the first two or three books and I've never actually reached book four or five and I figure on a 
desert island, I would have plenty of time to do that. Plus, the stories are entertaining enough to where I would not get bored, and they're not so they're not depressing. So you know they they would be a nice pick me up whenever you needed to chuckle. And then uh, for music, I kind of went all over the place with this. I thought, you know, there was that mixtape I made, like, in uh, 1987, and uh, that would have been a good one, but I don't think we can take mixtapes. Um, so my my album selection is going to be Hall & Notes' Greatest Hits. Okay, okay. You know, I thought about going with the Misfits, but then, you know, that's just three power chords over and over again, and I want to listen to that for the rest of my life, and I thought... I'm on a desert island. I can sing badly as loud as I want to, and nobody's around to tell me to stop. I'm going to sing Hollow Notes. And then for movie, since our esteemed colleague Edward took Star Wars A New Hope from me, and I'm not a Star Trek guy, Dan took Indiana Jones, right? So I decided to settle on a Christmas movie, the only Christmas movie that matters, and that's Die Hard. <laughs> yes, nice, nice choice. <laughs> only John can make someone that crazy. Yes, so, so those are my three selections. And so as I'm running on the treadmill to generate enough electricity to play my boombox and TV at the same time, I'll be fully entertained. Very good. Yes. Wow. You you did a crazy amount of research for your for your selections, Diana. I I hand it to you. Like I ran the gamut of like, do I want Led Zeppelin? Do I want the Misfits? What about old Metallica? I didn't even get to the classical things that I was thinking about that I would have normally thought about. Mm. I can only choose one. You have to leave so many good ones out. I know. It's hard, right? Oh, it was terrible. I I hear they use it uh, as enhanced interrogation in some countries. You can only pick one song. Maybe I shouldn't joke about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's this whole COVID thing. Oh, boy. I would like to ask, like, if we could do this kind of quick, like, have your, what what are your all's routines now that we're in the quarantine? Are you doing new things, more of the same, or what have you been doing in this time? I found that I have a lot of interests that I never ever had time to pursue and this gave me a little bit of extra time to I cleaned out my music room I can now get to my piano and guitars so I've been fooling around with those I actually recorded an intro for another podcast that I'm doing with with Sapple for uh, a sci-fi book club Um, we're we're just doing a pilot it's in the proposal stage right now and so I played around with Audacity and figured out how to how to do some mixing there and yeah and i've been learning i've been teaching myself to code in python nice you know i i have to say the same is it's the same for me when you say tim about it's a little bit it feels a little bit more relaxing to me when i go home and i do i did clean out some things uh some old boxes and i've gotten to some crafts that i haven't some projects that i haven't looked at for 10 years and I finished them. The feeling when I go home now is just like, well, can't do anything. Might as well tackle something like this and relax. It's nice. What are we going to do when we run out of stuff to throw out? (laughs) I was just going to say for me, the first uh, thing was cleaning, although I still need to get to my, I would call it recording room because there's guitars in every room here. But um, yeah, that that still 
needs cleaning. But I've instead of like having to take that rush hour trip home from work, I'm now, you know, I'm off the clock at five and my guitar, my keyboard's right there. So I'm not only playing the more I'm doing things like before that I kind of would be like a little lazy about, I guess. Like there's this one Mozart um, arrangement I've been trying to do and my brain would just shut down because it's so complex for me, at least. But now I'm like, you know what? If not now, then when? And I've pretty much got it under my fingers and then more importantly, under my brain by now. And you're like, I got to walk to the recording room. <laughs> I always joke that someday we're going to have robots that'll wash the dishes and for us and we'll complain that they're too slow. Well, if I could get just get my groceries to jump into the cabinets and put themselves away, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. There you go, Library Land. 20 selections for Diana to take to the desert island and JD and I each get three. We'll see you next time on Tuned In. Hey, thanks for listening, and get connected on mysapple.org with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Pinterest, Flickr, Instagram, and follow Tuned In on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.